John Robson, and this is another Climate Discussion Nexus readout based on our Wednesday Wake Up newsletter. Today, we're looking at models. This one seems to be a blue and purple wyvern. What, you say? That's got nothing to do with reality. And I'm glad you noticed it, because a surprising number of models that we rely on for public policy have little to do with reality. We're gradually emerging from the lockdown, as you can see, we're back to our normal filming style. And that's partly because the computer models that predicted mass death if we didn't all go and hide under a bed seem to have been deeply flawed. Their predictions were inaccurate and their coding, in some cases, was very suspicious. But it's also true of the climate models. And it's strange how much faith people place in them, despite their apparent inability to predict the future or explain the present or to try and do both at once. For instance, Gavin Schmidt has told us that 2020 is almost certainly the hottest year ever, or very close to it, even though we didn't really have 2020 yet, it's only May. But it doesn't matter, because a computer model has spoken. And yet, when the models have spoken in the past, they've badly overstated the increases in temperature that we should expect compared to the data we've actually been able to collect. And there's more. In the newsletter, we talk about the fact that increases in atmospheric CO2 have caused a lot more global greening than the model said would happen. And the rate at which atmospheric CO2 has accumulated has been much lower than the model said would happen, except for one model that they switched off because they didn't like it very much, and another one that was based on absolutely preposterous assumptions. Now, if people are getting skeptical of computer models, that's actually a good thing. There's a lot that algebra can do. It's led to mighty advances in science. But some processes are too complex to be modeled. The economy is too complex to be modeled. That's why central planning doesn't work. Climate certainly looks as though it's too complex to be modeled. If it is possible to model it accurately, nobody's managed to do it yet. And the faster the computers get and the more sophisticated the models, the worse the predictions become which is somewhat suspicious, to put it mildly. Now, excuse me, folks, I just want to interrupt you watching the video for a moment to talk about you watching the video. Or, to be more precise, to say we're really gratified that so many people who've been watching our videos have also subscribed to the channel. But about two-thirds of people who watch the videos still haven't. And so I want to urge you to do that. And also to like the videos. It helps us build our audience and build the channel. And it's easy to do. There's just a button down there, so you go right ahead. Well, I'll wait. Got it? Excellent. Thanks very much. And now, back to the video. Another thing that I find suspicious is this fixation on expert say that you find in the media, where it seems as though an important qualification of being an expert is not to have practical experience. For instance, there was a news story saying that experts say that insurance companies don't understand risks associated with climate change. And that's a bit odd because, of course, insurance companies are experts at estimating risk. That's why they're still in business. But the stories about academic experts who say, oh, no, no, the real world people have it wrong. We know better because we're sitting here looking at a computer model, possibly a blue and purple one. Now, skepticism about models is a good thing. What's not a good thing is Justin Trudeau holding companies hostage, saying if in their desperation they need a government bailout, they have got publicly to endorse his climate agenda. 
Imagine if Stephen Harper had said that back in the 2008 financial crisis. Suppose he'd said, we got a big bailout fund, but if a company wants any of the money, they've got to endorse free markets and limited government. The press, the activists, the opposition, they'd all have been up in arms about imposing his ideological preferences, just as it would be indecent if someone were drowning to say, I'll throw you a rope, provided you promise to give me half your wealth first. But that's essentially what Trudeau is doing. And it's especially weird in his case because his preferred climate policy was carbon pricing. And one of the major selling points of carbon pricing is that it was market friendly and it avoided the need for central planning. Instead, it seems like we're going to get the worst of both worlds. As always, there's much more in the newsletter, including the latest edition of our 1919 or 2019 quiz. This time we go to Nicolet, which is between Montreal and Quebec City on the banks of the St. Lawrence, and where they've kept temperature records continuously since 1913. And as always, we ask you to tell us which one of these is from the good old days when climate was stable and temperatures were moderate right after the First World War, and which one is from climate emergency ravaged 2019. Have fun with that. So please visit our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com. If you're not already a subscriber, sign up. Also check out our videos, which you can also find on YouTube at ClimateDN. And by the way, I've got a new colleague. Her name is Kiara, and she's gonna be doing a series of short take videos based on newsletter items, the videos, and other material from our blog and elsewhere. So stay tuned for that. We know times are tough, we're just starting to emerge from the lockdown. But if you think this is a really bad time to implement bad policy based on bad computer models and you're not already a backer, please go to our donate page and make a small pledge one time or monthly because it makes a huge difference at our end. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.